0: hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the realm of unknown if you're new here and you're kind of wondering what is this uh, the Roman unknown podcast? Is a podcast that touches base on pretty much all sorts of spooky things that you could think of. Uh, we've been primarily focusing on the American Northeast and the East Coast for the most part of the past few episodes, but we have a lot of interesting stories from around the globe if you wish to check them out. However, today is going to be another one of those American Northeast stories because we are going to be delving into. Yet another Pennsylvania story. I know it's been a bit of a trend lately um, and overall, but I'm from PA. I grew up here and I live here and we have lots of old houses. So I'm going to be talking about a particular house that is 300 years old and it has a lot of history and a lot of really interesting stories relating to it and this is known as the britain lodge uh now i'm not sure if i am actually pronouncing that entirely right or not um i'm gonna just go by the fact that that is pretty much what it is (laughs) yeah so there's there's not a whole lot of recap stuff Uh, but before we begin i do want to say real quick that if you are enjoying the podcast be sure to go check out the patreon Because we do have a lot of bonus stuff coming down the pipeline, and there's a lot of extra goodies that you could check out over there. There are bonus episodes, uh, after-episode recordings, behind-the-scenes stuff, and a lot of just overall goodies that you might want to go check out. But yeah, uh, without further ado, though, let's get into the Britain Lodge. And for anyone who might be curious, it's not actually spelled Britain. It's B-R-I-N-T-O-N. So Brinton is probably the proper pronunciation, but I'm probably not going to be able to stick to that. So okay, uh, the history. The Brinton Lodge is a 300-year-old landmark, as mentioned. Uh, it is located in Douglas. It is located in Douglasville, uh, that is up in uh, Berks County here in PA. The lodge is located uh, along the county line of Berks County and is also just sort of just due west of potstown which if you're familiar to the area potstown is a bit more of a larger town in the in the region so brinton lodge dates back to the 1700s and the original structure which is now enveloped in the uh, current building was a small farmhouse built by the millards family now, this is actually one of the earliest families in the region. They originally bought this plot of land from William Penn himself. So the site changed hands uh, for the first time in 1796, and this became the uh, ownership of the Curlin uh, homestead. Uh, so the Curlin family took over, and uh, their livelihood it varied a bit from here to here. However, for a good portion of the time, they did make ammunitions for the War of 1812. However, I did see a few instances in which the property during this time period was also a sort of tavern. Several years later um, is when the Schuylkill River Canal would end up being made and it would actually run through the property where the Britain Lodge is located. And rumors uh, speculated at this time that the lodge was used as a stop along the Underground Railroad. So from this point on, it seemed as though the the property stayed in the hands of the Curlins uh, uh, up until the early 1900s. Uh, this was when the Whitmans, a wealthy family with ties to the Philadelphia iron industry, purchased the property and. Pretty much turned it into what it is now. Uh, They went through pretty extensive renovations and expanded the uh, farmhouse into a mansion with like 28 to 30 rooms. However, when they were going through the process of building this new mansion, like I mentioned, the original farmhouse is technically still there. Uh, They pretty much built around the house, (laughs) Which is really bizarre to think about, but the original house is essentially a section of this new one. Uh, they pretty much built around it and then expanded outwards into this like lavish, lavish uh, mansion that they all lived in. And this would actually remain the case for a few years, um, but pretty shortly after the Whitmans took ownership of the house... Uh, it ended up being sold once more. I believe this was during the Great Depression. And they were just not able to afford it anymore. And it was ended up being purchased by a man known as Caleb Britton. Which is how we get the, the name of the lodge today. Uh, he is actually a resident from Reading, PA. And he is known for being a sort of tycoon within the hotel chain type stuff. So he had a lot of money at the time. Uh, so he bought this mansion. He was pretty, pretty rich for the time being. Uh, again, this was Great Depression era, people were not doing so great. And he ended up actually converting the overall mansion into a sort of gentleman's club. Uh, and pretty much made the guest list the most exclusive you could probably make it at that time. Uh, pretty much anyone who was rich or famous from near and far... And no one else. Um, this exception though was also, however, made for Lillian Moore who was Britain's um, companion. People say companion, I don't know if they're actually married or not, um, but she ended up moving into the lodge with him so she ended up living there pretty much the rest of her life. However, the other people who occupied it at the time were all just really rich people coming to PA to party. And this was all during, you know, Prohibition times. So they, they were doing crazy stuff. So this would, uh, the next notable thing that actually kind of happens with the lodge is in 1972. This was when the lodge was actually damaged by the tropical storm Agnes when it came through the area. Uh, this actually forced the the couple, Caleb and Lillian, to move out of the house for a time period in order to go through the process of repairing it and sort of renovating it to some degree. Uh, However, it was during this time period that Caleb actually would pass away. Some cases say that he passed away in the house, other cases say that he just passed away while they were renovating the house. So I'm not entirely sure which one's more accurate. Uh, But Lillian actually did return to the lodge uh, by herself after this event occurred. I do not believe the Gentleman's Club was still going on at this time. Uh, So Lillian was pretty much just living there by herself. She moved into the first floor. She was old at this time. And uh, she lived on the first floor that did all her stuff down there and pretty much just lived by herself. However, pretty shortly after the uh, passing of Caleb and then Lillian moving back, neighbors got a little curious and a little worried for Lillian because they began seeing lights in the upstairs floors of the lodge and they were also seeing something that looked as though someone was walking back and forth on the second and third floors. However, when the neighbors went up to the lodge, knocked on the door, and talked to Lillian being like, hey, y'all good? Like, what's going on? Lillian was not, like, phased at all, and she pretty much just responded back to them saying, like, oh, yeah, like, the house is haunted. I I know, I'm fine. Uh, Thanks for checking in. And just, like, went on her way, like, just casually dropping, like, oh, yeah, there's ghosts here, whatever. And she pretty much did this for the next, like, eight, like, seven years or so. Uh, this was until the late, I believe, like, 1980s or so, Lillian ended up selling the property to the Cavada uh, family. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know. Uh, and she actually moved next door. So the Kavadas were made up uh, by Robert and Sandra, and I believe they're kids, but I don't know if the kids actually lived with them at this time. Uh, they do have kids, though. Uh, and they the Cavadas actually converted the first floor, where Lillian was living at the time, uh, into a restaurant. And then they uh, converted the second floor into guest rooms, and they themselves lived on the third floor. And this is where a bulk of the story is going to begin.
1: Summer is quickly coming to an end, and with it comes the spooky season of fall. So we're all looking to add a few more stories to our reading list. Whether it's for those last few trips down to the beach, or you're looking for something to read once the weather begins to chill, then consider the award-winning first-person psychological horror thriller fiction Crazy Is As Crazy Does, The Life of a Serial Killer by John H. Muggett. Crazy Is As Crazy Does follows the story of a fictional protagonist, John Goodman, and is an amalgamation of human predation and darkness. Carefully sits together from the lives of multiple serial killers and mass murderers, inspired from real-life events and individuals. Crazy Is As Crazy Does begins in 1955 and follows John as he evolves from a timid and disoriented criminal into a powerful mastermind of deception and intimidation. The story takes readers into a journey through the 75-year-old life of a killer ending shortly after the capture of the Golden State Killer in 2018. But, like all unreliable narrators, readers are made to grapple with a very important question. Can they accurately separate fact from Goodman's twisted fiction? Readers quickly discover that the real horror unfolds in two. The murderous activities described by Goodman himself, and the twisted transformations of those around him, culminating in a shocking, high-stakes ending. Crazy Is As Crazy Does can be purchased physically via Amazon or your local Barnes and Nobles. A digital ebook version is also available via Amazon and is free for Kindle Unlimited readers. Check out Crazy Is As Crazy Does, The Life of a Serial Killer by John H. Mudgett, and deep dive into the world and mind of an experienced killer. Link is in the description below.
0: So the paranormal experiences. It didn't take very long... For the cabana or the yeah the cabanas uh, to start experiencing strange occurrences shortly after their move, they witnessed movements from the corner of their eyes. Uh, this is sort of how it began. They would hear footsteps when no one else should be in the house with them, and they began to hear a disembodied cry of an infant, which is really weird, especially when we get into later stuff because it it makes no sense. So. Of the two, there are a lot of stories involving Sandy uh, in particular, and one one instance, she has a really bad experience when it comes to uh, fireplaces and trying to decorate the house. Uh, so at one point during the sort of renovation development of the restaurant, she purchased a painting of Andrew Jackson and was hanging it up on one of the fireplaces that they have in the, the home. I believe they have a good handful of them. Uh, There's at least two, so just keep that in mind. Uh, And this is on the first floor. So, uh, come morning after hanging it up, she found that it was actually on the ground, leaning against the fireplace. And she didn't really think too much of it, and just put put it back up. She checked the nail, she checked the the wire, it was all good. She just thought, you know, maybe someone took it down. This went on for actually a few days, and uh, after a few days, she pretty much assumed that, hey... Maybe a member of the cleaning staff is just taking this down in order to dust behind it at the end of the day and they just don't put it back up. So when she thought of this, she waited, she waited for the cleaning staff to come in for the night. and she was like, "Hey, like I, I nothing wrong. I just want to check. Like I've been noticing that the the painting near the fireplace is on the ground when I come back in. I don't know like if you guys are cleaning it or whatever. I just want to let you know it's fine. And the cleaning staff was like, "Oh no! Like that's that's on the ground when we get here. We we assume that you took it down. So, a little weird. Uh, this actually went on for several more days of just like taking it off, putting it back on, taking it off, putting it back on. Eventually, Sandy did win out. Uh, however, it was pretty much determined that no one was touching the painting." A very similar thing also happened with a sort of antique crook that Sandy bought and was putting on display in one of the fireplaces of one of the dining rooms. Uh, and this, too, was actually moved and taken off the fireplace. However, from what I can tell and from what I've researched, I believe this only happened like once or twice uh, and was not as you know frequent as the painting but Sandy just does not have very good luck with putting stuff up on top of the fireplaces. So the staff of the restaurant actually report a lot of things themselves, which you would probably figure since there's actually a good handful of them and they're constantly in the location. Very commonly reported are candles in the dining room appearing to pretty much light themselves, which is a little creepy, I will have to say. Um, I've heard reports of like candles going out, at certain places the idea of candles being lit is just really gross to me um i think actually pretty sure the mashulu that like restaurant haunted ship in philly does something similar where just candles go on and off on their own where the guests are or the the staff is like i i know for a fact i blew out these candles please stop putting them back on Lights would also behave rather odd uh, as well. They would turn off and on by themselves, and some people pretty much just say that they have a life of their own. In the older part of the home, uh, this being... I can't really determine what room this is, but I'm assuming parts of this have to do with the original uh, farmhouse. However, it is not not at all like discernible which room people are actually talking about staff members would often report the sensation of being hugged by someone who was not there which is just really gross uh which i i don't know i, I it's just not a great sensation to just feel someone hug you but you're by yourself others would instead feel uh, as if someone was tapping their arm or grabbing their shoulder if a, uh, a few staff members would actually report having their butts pinched and some and this is also really really gross i don't know what it is with like uniquely bizarre things but some staff members will report people the sensation of someone leaning in and like blowing into their ear which is like i, I don't know how i feel about that because it's like some places you hear the reports of people like feeling breath on them which is already gross whatever and other people here, like, oh, it, it sounded as though someone leaned in and, like, whispered in my ear. This is someone just going up, being a dick, and just, like, blowing air into your ear. Like, th- th- like think about that. That's just, if anyone actually did that to you, you'd be kind of freaked out, like a stranger. But just imagine, like, some disembodied, like, 200-year-old ghost coming up behind you or, like, in the break room. And you're trying to, like, be on your phone, and all of a sudden, like, they just lean in and they're like, into your ear, and you're like, ah, like ah, I, I can't, I can't deal with that. Staff would also hear the sound of jewelry and like metal clanging together uh, nearby, even though it shouldn't. Doors would also open uh, on their own, and they would also just like close too, like open and close, like the lights that had a mind of their own. Um, and both staff and guests alike have reported cold sensations pretty much moving right through them while they're at the restaurant full body apparitions have also been cited by several individuals both by the owners, the staff, guests have reported them very often especially in the bathroom and in the staircases particularly there are a lot of sightings of a man spotted along the staircases and within the lobby uh, and a lot of people believe that both this and the sightings of a man on the first floor are actually Caleb uh, Brinton himself. Caleb is also believed to be the one to blame for the hugging sensations as well as all the sort of touchy like groby sensations that happen here because gentleman's club he was believed to be a sort of like you know eccentric person still not cool but, that's who people believe this is going on. So what about the actual ghost? We just talked about Cale being a potential culprit for all this. Um, however, in 1978, uh, an individual known as Don Galloway, who was actually a psychic medium from Great Britain, he was on his way over to the U.S. for a World War II commemoration that was being held in Reading. Uh, And while he was on his plane, he had visions of a lodge and made contact with several spirits that resided there. At this time, he was not aware that this was the lodge. Um, And upon his arrival, he inquired about the building and his vision and people sort of just pointed him in the direction of uh, Britain Lodge. He stayed at the location, actually, for two weeks at this time, uh, in which he sort of just sat there and identified at least five spirits. From what I can kind of assume, though, there might be more, but there are at least five that we can vaguely say might be there. Uh, I I say vaguely because, again, this is a psychic. And no offense, like, I've had weird stuff happen to me, too, but credibility-wise, I don't entirely lean on psychic medium testimonies. And there were a few that do corroborate this, but a lot of them kind of seem to rehash the same info. Whereas Galloway, I believe from what I can find in my research, is the first person to actually identify names of the spirits. So we already talked about Caleb, uh he was definitely one of the main ones. Uh however Caleb's mother is also residing in the home. I don't know why. Uh, I do believe she did pass away in the lodge, but from what I can tell, like there's not a whole lot of history with her. Catherine Whitman, uh, again, one of the earlier families who owned the lodge, she did pass away in the house. So her spirit's kind of there. There is an unknown male entity that sort of lingers about, and we'll talk about him in a minute, as well as a spirit of a little girl who be- some believe is troubled, In the sense that she's scared. She's timid. And some psychics say that she might be mentally. uh, Either mentally ill. Or just not altogether there. So she kind of hangs out in the house too. Absolutely no idea why. Because from what I can. I, I don't know what kid died there. Like I genuinely don't know. And I would not be able to tell you like. Who's daughter died at that location. As you probably noticed too, I didn't mention anything about an infant, which is, you know, what we mentioned during the beginning with the the uh, Kavadas uh, hearing infant crying sounds. I don't know how to explain that. That is literally the only instance of an infant being reported at this house. Aside from them hearing infants crying, There are really no other reports of infants or paranormal stuff that would support it. I just wanted to mention that. I thought it was a little weird when I was going through the research. I was like, this is just out of nowhere. But okay, let's let's go through. Uh, Okay, Galoel, you know, he identified all these spirits. He, I mean, he was well known. Uh, He, I believe, was a sort of forensic, psychic, if that's a correct word. He worked with Scotland Yard a few times during this sort of era of time. It should be also taken with a grain of salt that all this information about the Five Spirits was provided by him, relayed to the owners at that time, being the the Kavadas during the 1970s, and all this information was brought out by them. So it was a very, like, close-knit, out-of-the-blue... Type thing. Um, So I don't know how I really feel about that entirely, but I just had to kind of go with it. And that's pretty much how most people have for the past like 40 years of, you know, just taking this dude's word essentially. So let's get into the bits of these types of ghosts. We already talked about Caleb. You know, he was the owner of the location. He was there for several years. He, you know, made it the gentleman's club. He passed away, I believe, from like the flu but he is, you know, very prevalent within the home, because, you know, he owned it and he lived in it. So the first we're going to talk about uh, is Miss Whitman, who again, her family owned the home, uh, I believe, before Caleb, and who actually turned it into what it is today. Uh, She, again, did die in the home. She died uh, due to the flu uh, in 1917, and she is actually linked to the main staircase. A lot of stair stuff coming up but there are accounts of a lady in white or a sort of dressed lady uh, or widow type just you know the very typical lady in white bride whatever nonsense sorry you know uh, Miss Whitman but or what's her name Uh, Catherine you're just not really original and I'm a little tired of lady in white stories Um, I know some people like them but they're bland they're really really bland So, she was 26 when she died, uh, and again, she is believed to be responsible for sightings of a lady in white occurring on the stairs, or some bride walking down the stairs in mourning. Even though I don't think she was left at the altar, I don't think she died the same way. She she wasn't a mournful lady in white, so I don't know why she's a lady in white right now. But she's doing that, whatever. Similarly, though, again, there is that spirit of the young girl... She is linked to the home. She's sort of spotted throughout the lodge, uh, not you know all over the place, not really hammered down. However, a lot of mediums do believe that she's fond of one location in the house. And this is a small little nook that is located underneath the main staircase. And they believe that she just kind of like lives down there almost. Um, the little girl's spirit, again, is believed to be rather lonely, but also curious in a lot of ways. Um, she's reported see- being seen wearing a long dress. And uh, the Kavada's grandson actually spotted the girl back when he was a toddler. So a, lo- a lot of people have experienced this young girl spirit. Um, and some people do believe that she might also be somewhat responsible for the sensation that people feel Of uh, being grabbed on their arm so there's that otherwise though you don't really see her too much okay there is an old lady spirit more likely than not this is Caleb's mom I cannot confirm or deny this however again Caleb's mom just kind of comes out of nowhere as being one of the spirits but there's an old lady spirit so chances are it's her now she is oftentimes associated to the base of the stairs up on the third floor, and she is believed to be responsible for the weird sensation that people have due to her watching as you walk up and down the staircase. Uh, otherwise, though, she just kind of hangs out, uh, and a lot of people think that she's like a sweet old lady who just kind of watches out for people. Uh, it's a little creepy, but it, it you know, it's, it's, it, she's an old lady ghost. She doesn't really do much. Okay, there's also um, the last ghost, which I I mentioned we're going to talk about. Um, And this is that sort of unknown male spirit who is also here. We don't really know who he is, but he's a very tall, very thin man who wears a vest. He also is often seen having a pocket watch, either holding it or just wearing one. And he's, in some instances, he's seen wearing a hat but also Caleb's seen wearing a hat, but they are not the same. It's confusing, I know. But this very tall, thin man is oftentimes seen in the dining rooms, but more commonly, he's seen in one of the meeting rooms, uh, which I believe, from what I can tell, might be linked to the Gentleman's Club. And uh, this spirit actually ended up being called something, and he's known as the Dapper Man, which... It uh, understandably is a little creepy, but in this specific instance, it's not, which is really weird. Um, and you'll understand why once you wrap this up. Uh, okay. Uh, and last but not least, th- I believe there might be another spirit, but at the same time, this might also just be Caleb. The Lodge, pretty much since the 1980s, has also had witnesses of a quote-unquote dark shadow and This is pretty much seen all over the place uh, by all sorts of guests and staff And a lot of people from what I can tell believe that this might be Caleb Because of where it's spotted what it's doing and sort of what's going on Um, But there is no, you know discernible proof that this dark spirit is actually Caleb or and not someone else It's just that their behaviors are very similar. So I'm just going to read off a few instances of, you know, witnesses' uh, accounts of the Dark Shadow. This is actually coming from the Lodge's website themselves, and again, this dates from the 1980s all the way up until, like, very recent times.
1: So at one point, a tenant on
0: the second floor, again, they were converted into guest rooms, uh, was awoken early in the morning and witnessed a dark form sitting at the end of her bed. Uh, hostess, actually this time, while standing in, uh, at the hallway desk while she was working, was watching into the dark as a sort of misty form began floating down the main staircase into the old bar room. Again, very probably similar behavior for Caleb. Another worker who was by themselves in the Douglas room around 10 p.m. at night also witnessed a dark form cross from the hallway to the basement stairs and then vanish. Uh, some visitors to the location have also, uh, they were in the old bar room, again, where that hostess witnessed the spirit going into, saw a dark form enter from the main hallway, move throughout the old bar, and then once more disappear. And actually, a paranormal investigation team uh, filmed a pitch black form on the second floor uh, in front of one of the bedrooms. And in the video, the entity is pretty well formed, but it's not really transparent also. So this might, you know, be something physical that may have moved through or it's like missed. I don't know. For the most part, it seems to be this weird, like, misty form, but again, where it's spotted, what it's doing, uh, in a lot of cases, it's very similar to what people believe Caleb does uh, as a spirit, and what he did, like, uh, while he was alive. So, for the most part, pretty safe to say that Caleb and the Dark Shadow are pretty much one and the same. So... All in all, though, the Brinton Lodge is actually rather peaceful. (laughs) I know we talked about a lot of spirits and a lot of kind of gross things happening, like, you know, the butts being touched, the hugging uh, by a disembodied person, the blowing into your ear, which, Kale, that's you. Gross. But aside from that stuff, like, nothing really happens. Um, Things are not being, like, thrown about. Things are not shattering people are not being scared or possessed or haunted in any way aside from like a few spooks here and there uh which i believe Catherine is a lot of times to blame for because i believe visitors oftentimes report seeing her in the mirror of the bathroom but aside from like a few spooks like the spirits are for the most part pretty peaceful uh they're not really malevolent in any way they don't freak out the owners and like haunt them and you know traumatize and terrorize them uh like you know kids grandkids and stuff have been there they've been fine um for the most part they just kind of seem to still live in the house and for the and all in all like a lot of people kind of see it that way um i know the Kavadas kind of took it like that uh same with the restaurant staff Right now, the Lodge is in different management. Um, it's actually owned by a brewery company. So if you go there, there's not a restaurant currently, but they themselves you know, take it very uh, lightly as well. Um, they don't really see the spirits as malevolent. And actually, if you go there now, you can actually participate in ghost tours. Uh, I believe they even have like ghost hunting nights. And if you're a paranormal investigation team... You're even able to like book out a night if you want to. I don't know, you know what their policies are nowadays, but you could do that. Uh, they're very encouraging of it, and for the most part, they just kind of accept the spirits as part of the lodge. Like they just never left, and they're still there. And uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that is Brenton Lodge uh, here in PA, a farmhouse turned tavern turned annuity. Um, yeah, um, oh my god, I can't speak. Ammunition HUD uh, turned mansion, turned uh, gentleman's club slash like prohibition bar, uh, turned restaurant, now turned brewery. <laughs> it's gone through a lot of hands. Um, and like I said in the beginning, it has a lot of history to it. And I thought it'd be a fun little thing to talk about. I have a few different subjects that I've been kind of skating around, um, that were supposed to be the one in place of this episode, uh, but however, they are really, really, really big topics, um, and I could not, like, easily do research for them, I had to, like, actually do stuff, um, so I don't know when they're gonna land, I don't even know if I want to announce them or not. I might on Patreon. I don't know. One is huge. One's a big topic. And the other one's more of like a mystery. So there's going to be a lot of like facts and dates and names I'm going to have to remember. Um, So expect that one coming soon too. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, But yeah, for the most part, that is it. I hope you guys did enjoy. And if you did and would like to see more episodes or support the podcast you could do so in a plethora of ways uh first off probably the best way to do so and the easiest way to do so is leaving us a five-star review uh you could do so over on apple Podcasts, stitcher or wherever you listen to uh it means a lot and uh there i actually i believe we got a recent one um from a local philly listener actually uh and i was like oh my god philly yes um And I want to say, you know, thank you for that. Shout out for that. Uh, I don't remember your name. I'm sorry. And I missed it like two weeks ago when it happened. I don't check that often, guys, I know. Um, But thank you. Uh, And if you want to support the podcast financially uh, and just sort of help us out a little bit uh, in order to do some extra stuff, I know at some point I want to start doing more investigations. And that would really help out a lot in order to make that possible. Um, you can do so over at Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash realm of unknown. We have a $1, 3 and $5 dollar tier list where you guys can get behind-the-scenes bonus episodes, uh, its own little series, like news series, polls, live streams, you know, updates here and there for art and projects that I've been working on. I posted a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff for the development of the website that we now have. Um, so check that stuff out if you guys are interested. Or just go there. I have a lot of, you know, free posts there as well uh, that I sort of eventually unlock for the public um, to sort of make it a community. Otherwise, you can check us out on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Realm of Unknown, or if you want to submit your own story or feedback, that's realmofunknown at gmail.com. But until then, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I hope to see you guys in the next one. Until I see you then, though, remember to stay spooky.